Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. We're back with episode 25 of the Impact Investing Podcast. After a week of absence, we're back, fear not. Uh, Both of us struck down with illness last week. We'll Mm -hmm. spare you the details, but now back in full showroom condition, (laughs) ready to go again. Um, How are you feeling, Tom? Um, yeah, fighting fit, at, le- at least back to 55%. So, you know, never been, never been higher. Um, podcast continuing to roar in our absence. Um, it's our debut, I think, in the Danish and Hong Kong. Look uh, what can happen when we leave it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Danish and Hong Kong charts. Um, so thank you very much. Still flying high in Uganda, but somehow dropped out of Japan. Disgraceful. Hopefully we can rectify that this not, week. Not that you're... Not that monitoring I'm the monitoring charts every sure, single yeah. hour of every day. No. Um, and we got a, re- a nice review this week, Tom, which a you've read to review. me at least four times so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe it. Lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Um, said something about us being funny, must be me. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks, Mum. <laughs> so if you would like uh, Tom to re- for Tom to read me your review next week <laughs> multiple times, then please do leave us a review on either... Um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. And please do subscribe to the pod and share it with your many friends and family. Um, what are we doing this week, Tom? We are doing, um, looking ahead to 2023, um, we're going to do the top 10 tips for 2023. Bit of alliteration there. Um, and so the top 10 tips when it comes to your finances and investing. Um, and so let's get stuck in. Number one. The first tip, review your long-term goals, what you're trying to achieve and what your plans are to get there. Um, and so I think a lot of people, um, the best investing goals, I think in, in, in our view, are the ones that are really long-term. Um, time horizon gives you a great chance of, of hitting uh, your financial goals. Uh, some people um, are just investing as much as possible for as long as possible. Um, and some people have a specific goal in mind, whether that's an amount a specific purchase or something to be achieved by a certain date. And so I think the end of the year is always a great time to to review where you're up to um, with uh, with those goals and the pursuit of those goals and see if you need to change anything and do anything different, uh, whether that's, you know, increase your investments, uh, change what you're invested in um, and see how, how long it's going to take you to get to that goal or the likelihood of achieving it based on where you are today and what you're currently doing and see if there's anything that's obvious that, that, that you can change to help yourself. Yeah, I think, I think you know, we say that you should just be investing as much as you can for as long as you can. But I think like like all of these these 10, 10 points that we, we've put in today's episode, it's sort of, it's good to just check in on a on a semi regular basis, and you know, people's mindset at the end of the year or the start of a new year sort of lends itself to, well, what am I going to change in the next twelve months? What went well in the last twelve months? What didn't go so well, etc. So it's not a bad time to just check in and review your long term investment strategy. And if you are investing for the long term and you are investing as much as you can, I think it's good just to have a an idea of where that may mm. where you may end up. So something like a compound returns calculator, or we call it, we have one in the in our app, and we call it a projections calculator, yep. where you can put in some different returns, you can put in some different amounts, some different time horizons, and it will sort of give you an idea that you know if you say. Uh, put a certain amount of money in and got 10% a year for 30 years, how much would that 
end up as. So yeah. it's good just to play around with those, just to see what ballpark you're in. Yeah. See that if you are committing a certain amount of money for a long time, where will you end up? And uh, just see whether there's there's any adjustments to that. You know, you're, you're unlikely to be thinking that you're investing too much, but <laughs> you may just think that you're about right when in fact you're investing way off compared to where you'd want to end up in the next yeah. 20, 30 years. And I think those projections calculators are a great tool to help people stay the course because I, I think that a lot of people, it's hard to conceptualise what compound interest means and time yeah. horizons means when you're just talking about it and saying these these terms over and over again. But when you use a calculator like, like that, the one that we have, or I'm sure there's others on online that you can find, um, it, it, it instills a lot of staying power because... Yeah. You know, if you're if you're investing a decent amount and you intend to do it for the long term, you, you stand to to be in a good position. Um, so it may help you uh, get that little push you need to perhaps try and invest a little bit more. And especially if you've not had the best of performance in the last twelve months, mm-hmm. you know what we're talking about here is long term average yeah. return. So within an average return, you'll have you'll have return years. You know, if we're talking about an average return of say ten percent, just to use a, a random number. Yeah. You know, to get that average, you'll have years where the return is much higher than ten percent, but you'll have years where the return is much lower than ten percent and even negative. So what you've got to think about is in over the long term, you average those returns out and something yeah. like a projections calculator helps you visualize what that might look like it obviously shows a much smoother journey yeah but the average is still the average so um a seamless transition to point number two which is at the end of the year or at the start of the new year it's a good good time just to review your performance now again we go back to we'd say that you know thinking long-term and just invest as much as you can for as long as you can is a good way to do it. And also, we've made the point before that calendar years aren't necessarily the way to yeah. to measure performance. Does it matter, you know, whether you measure your performance January to January <clears throat> or June to June? Or you, you'll get different figures depending on where you cut it annually. But, you know, end of the year, start of the year is as good as time as any to just review that performance. Yep. 2022 has been a, you know, a a rough ride for a lot of investors. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. You know, both stocks and bonds, in, when we looked at the US, have gone down significantly this year. Yep. Um, but it's a good time to just look at your portfolio, see whether there's any need to review anything, whether you, whether you need to change anything. You know, is your portfolio ticking those boxes that we talk about in terms of, is it a well-built, diversified, long-term portfolio? If it is, yep. then probably no need to really adjust, just sort of tick tick that box off. But it's still a good idea to sort of just check in and and make sure that that's what you've got. And across all all of the different pots of money that you've got, Look at everything in aggregate. Don't just look at one account. Yeah. Look at look at your whole wealth, if you like. Look at everything that you've got. And it's just a good time just to review with in terms of those long term goals and and looking at things like um, you know, go back to point one. What are you trying to achieve and over what time horizon? Yeah. I think it's important, yeah, to re- review your year's performance. Uh, don't over-index on it though, I would say. Uh, you know, hopefully you're in a position where you have built uh, a strong, diversified, long-term portfolio. And so 2022, uh, even though it's been a tough year, shouldn't really, you know, change that. Um, but a good time to check in and make sure that that portfolio is, is still serving you well for your long-term financial goals. Yeah, I think the other point there on, on performance is that, you know, when you're looking at the projections calculator, that sort of average return, you would link to sort of the level of risk you're taking. Yeah. You know, typically in a, in a in a stocks and bonds portfolio, a basic investment portfolio, the more 
stocks and shares you're holding, the more risk you're taking versus bonds. That's a traditional view in recent years, especially this year. That's not necessarily been the, yeah. the case. But, you know, you just need to make sure that are you, if you're investing for a really long time, then you should be prepared to take more risk. Yeah. You should be prepared to put more into stocks and shares. So it's a good time, as long with the performance, just review the level of risk you're taking in your investments. Yeah. Are they, if, if you've got a really, really low risk portfolio, it's not going to compound as much over the long term as a higher risk portfolio. So look at the level of risk you're taking. Are you positioned for the long term? Are you positioned on the right you know, level of risk? And the temptation, if you've had a bad year or if you've had a negative year, is to try and remove risk from your portfolio, play it safe. Yeah. Actually, bad years are followed normally by good years, which yeah. means that you want and the, and the asset classes that recover heavily are normally the riskier asset classes, just, mm-hmm. just talking broadly. So if you've had a down year, you suddenly de-risk, then you're giving your portfolio less of a chance to recover as markets come back up again. Yeah. So along with performance, I think that risk level is a good thing to review at this at this point and just check that your portfolio is in in the right balance for what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think that brings us on nicely to the, 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 third, the third point, which would be review your accounts. What type of investments do you want to hold? So many of us will be holding uh, single line stocks or even things like cryptocurrencies on brokerage platforms, you know, alongside diversified long-term portfolios as well. And a lot of those investments, single line stocks and cryptos, um, in a bad year, have had uh, uh, have been you know the worst performers. So the, a lot of them are down in, to the tune of 70 percent in twenty twenty two. Some some even more. So it's now a good time to reassess those investments. Um, thinking about is there a realistic chance of earning that money back in any meaningful time horizon? Um, is the long term case still intact? Now, if you're investing in single line stocks or cryptocurrencies, you should have a super long term mindset with those things, as well as your diversified long term investments. So it's important to reassess them. And if you think that there's not the long-term case still intact, is that money better deployed into different investments looking ahead? So can you take a portion of that money uh, and align it with your long-term objectives in a more diversified way going forward? Because there may be an opportunity to kind of cut your losses, move it somewhere else. And so the previous point is that those risky investments tend to bounce back after bad years. So have that in mind. Um, but some of them may have experienced permanent structural damage, in which case um, you, 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 you should reassess whether or not holding them anymore is still a, a good investment decision and look to redeploy it and things that yeah. can, uh, can return that capital in, a, in a meaningful time horizon. Yeah, you, you know, you, you, it's a good time to just be honest with yourself. <clears throat> yeah. If you've bought some absolute dogs and they're not going to recover... <laughs> You know, and you've just paid way over the odds for something that's never going to get back to the valuation it was. Yeah. Then, at what time is it good to just sort of say, right, well, this this money's never coming back, and I need to I need to think about getting my plan back on track and building from the ground up. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of position people who, you know, got into sort of trading stocks, trading meme stocks, tr- day trading during lockdown. They've carried those investments through into you know 2021, 2022. Uh, where are you now? Where are you with those cryptos? Where are you with those single line stocks? And what's the best use? And when you look at, again, look at all of your money across, in aggregate across all of your accounts and go, am I positioned in the right yeah. way? Do I have the right percentages aligned to these different 
buckets and do I really have faith in these single line holdings of cryptos or stocks, et cetera, that they're going to come back in any sort of meaningful yeah. time period? And and, and it, are they affecting the overall risk of my portfolio? So, yeah, you know, I, think I, I think a lot of people got... Uh, got into that kind of thing in the build up to 2021 2020 and 2021 it was during covid and and, and uh, the bubble which has now kind of burst in the beginning of 2022 and i think a lot of people started to double down on those investments after the first sell off in 2022 but we're now in a now in a, a, a a hugely different regime for the stock market as we discussed this year. Inflation, interest rates, um, it's not the the same regime as it was before. And so a lot of these investments, especially in the single line stocks that people are piling into and the very, very speculative crypto uh, investments are very, very risky growth-orientated investments. And there's no immediate or even medium-term case for those coming back, I don't think, in any meaningful time horizon. And so it's a good time to reassess. And I think that... 2022, if there's ever been a, a, a test case or a, a good positive case for having a long-term diversified portfolio, it was 2022. And for a lot of people that have just started investing in the stock market in the past two, six, even 10 years, it was the first time that that's really been brought home. And so now might be the time for you to really review those things and, and adjust how you think about those investments going forward. Yeah. And, and just one last point on that is it will be completely different for every single individual and it'd be completely different for whatever individual holdings you have we're not saying any individual stock you've ever bought you should ditch what we're saying is really be honest with yourself look at yourself in the mirror and see and look at your holdings and scrutinize them and see which are worth holding on to and which you should you know maybe just give up on at, at this point yeah point number four we're racing through here tom yeah um, so thinking of long-term investing in positioning yourself for the long-term four is we've talked about accounts there. Um, what's in your accounts, but what type of account should you be investing in? So yeah. an ISA or a pension. So we're talking about uh, a personal pension here, a, uh, a SIP, a self-invested personal pension, um, which is the best for long-term investing. And so I think a lot of people who are investing, um, are doing so in stocks and shares ISAs, um, so is a, is a pension, you know, a viable alternative or is it a complement to that? And so pensions, I think the one we'll pension, the pensions we're talking about here are really cons- either opening your own personal pension outside of the one you might be paying into uh, at work, or if you're self-employed, opening a pension for yourself, or the, 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 the pension that you can consolidate your old workplace pensions into. And so um, pensions, what are, the, what are the pros and what are the things to understand about, about pensions? Number one is it's a very disciplined way to save, uh, invest and build wealth for a Retirement is you can't access it until you retire, um, and so you, you you benefit from that time horizon and compounding. You can put away uh, up to a hundred percent of your annual income to forty grand a year. Um, probably very few people probably achieving that, but um, it's a it's a decent level you can get to. Um, there's twenty percent um, is given by the government as a top up, so they'll so if you put a hundred quid in, they'll put twenty quid in effectively. So there's a real good tax advantage to it. There's there's higher um, top ups for higher rate taxpayers, and then when you come to retirement at the end, you get a twenty five percent tax free lump sum on retirement, and the and the rest is liable uh, to tax. There are certain caps on the amount you can have in, in a pension. Yeah. I think it's just over a million pounds in total now yeah um but that those 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 are the kind of the, the pros and cons or the tax advantages now how that differs to ISAs is the ISA allowance is 20k tax-free per year so um half of what you can put in um in up to uh, in pensions at 40k there's no tax on capital gains and dividends and you can withdraw uh, whenever you want 
And so if you stack the two up against each other, you can see that pensions can ultimately, if all things were kept equal, i.e. the same investment amounts, the same investments and the same returns, they can ultimately result in a bigger pot over the long term, given the government top up that you have every of that 20% and the time effect that has and how it compounds. But the important thing to remember with pensions is you only get the 25% tax-free at the end, mm-hmm. whereas ISAs uh, are, are basically tax-free, yeah. um, no, matter, no matter the value. So net-net, there may not be a whole difference. Um, and the, the best result or the best option may be a mixture of both because the ISAs you can obviously access and it has the tax benefits, whereas the pension you can't access, which is a benefit psychologically to help you build money over the long yeah. term. Yeah, I mean, a couple of points on on that is that you know, the, the the money that you get back from the taxman on pensions is money that you would otherwise never see again. Yeah, it's money that's been paid out. Yeah, and it's it's actually money that you can recoup because the government wants to incentivize people to to save for their own retirement. It reduces the burden on yeah. the government in future. Um, the other thinking about pensions normally is that whilst you're earning and you're younger you typically earn more and you'll typically pay higher rates of tax. Mm. But when you, you're older in retirement, normally people have either paid off a mortgage or they've reduced their living costs in some way. And therefore, they're, they're, when they withdraw that money from a pension, they should be paying lower rates of tax. Now, obviously, yeah. what you can't predict is when you'll be taking that money, what the yeah. tax rates will be, what the tax bans will be, et cetera, et cetera. The other point on this is whether it's ISA pension mix of, I think... That's, that's for you to individually decide. But I think the important thing is, is that these are tax-free wrappers in different ways. Yeah. And you should be maximizing what you put into one or both of these because otherwise you're going to have what's called tax drag on your investments. So yeah. as you make a return you get and you, and you realize that return or you get income on your investments, that's, that return is getting eroded by tax. So these are perfectly legal, encouraged by the government ways of you maximizing the power of your investments over the long term. So whether it's ISA pension or mix, just look at them both. Make sure that you're prioritizing putting money into these types of wrappers is what what I would say. Yeah. Both great ways of building wealth for yourself. Um, One that isn't perhaps a great way of building wealth for yourself is number five, sitting idly. These these links are so smooth. (laughs) My mind was, the cogs were whirring the whole time you were speaking then. (laughs) I'm going to link it through. So cash, um, sitting in cash in your bank account or or, or a low rate savings account. So how much are you holding? How much do you need? And is it getting the best rate? So many people are sitting idly on cash. Some people are very aware of it. Some, 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 perhaps aren't. So it's most likely that this is in an interest-bearing account or a current account. Some current accounts bear interest, some don't. Um, So either of those, when taking inflation into account, it's probably delivering you a negative real return right now. So if you plan to keep a cash buffer is the account that you're in getting the best possible rate for that cash buffer? Uh, there's plenty of accounts that are now offering relatively decent interest rates because of because of where uh, interest rates have gone. Um, especially if you can lock that money away for some time, 12, 24 months, you can get a fixed rate, which is yeah. re- relatively decent. Um, but if if you do if you do need access, there could be better options in the market right now. So you don't need to necessarily need to lock it away. But it's just generally a good time to assess how much cash you actually need to have on hand. A good general rule of thumb is keeping three months worth of expenditure in something that's very accessible. Um, and if you have more than that, it may be a good time to think about investing that and deploying it in something that's going to stand you a better chance over the long term of delivering some actual real financial return to you. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just, again, this is just about 
looking at everything in in, in total, in yeah. aggregate, looking at how much cash you've actually got. Cash is a comfort for most people. They yeah. feel like cash is safe. It's it's you know it's the effective money under the mattress thing. But if you're if you're holding on to too much cash, you may be verging into that like catastrophic caution yeah. where you're just. Your, your money is there. It's being eroded every year by inflation. Obviously, inflation is at all-time highs, coming slightly off now in the US and the UK. It's slightly off those real record highs, but it's still really, really high, and it's still much, much higher than cash rates. So we've said it again a couple of weeks ago, but you may be looking and going, oh, the rate I'm getting on cash has gone up. It's brilliant. Yeah. But actually, what you need to look at is the real rate you're getting on cash, i.e. take off the inflation rate, and I guarantee you whatever ever account you're in in cash right now, you're getting a minus number if you yeah. do that calculation. So you're losing money in real terms. The spending power of your money is eroded. So there's a right amount of cash to have, as Tom said. That's different for different people, but you know, a few months' worth of expenditure is a good rule. And then beyond that, think about where the best place your cash can sit. Yeah. So, Tom, here's the cliffhanger. We're now through points one to five, and we're going to stop, slam the brakes on, and we're going to do point six to ten as a part two. What a cliffhanger. I feel like I'm watching Coronation Street double episode back in the day. (laughs) So tune in again for part two of our top ten tips for what to do with your finances in 2023. Thanks for listening, everyone. Impact investing from circa 5,000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by circa 5,000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.